Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. For the next hour, we have one guest and one guest only. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's the first time we've ever actually done this, and that is to have Spider Caldwell on the show. Brad. Well, Welcome. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've ever heard you re- refer to me as Brad, but... Uh, I have referred I, I to you like as it. Brad. Well, you know, that's, 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 that's all right. I, I like it. I like it. But, uh, you know, when, when Joe... You know, if Joe would call me Brad. It was then I was I know I was I was well, nervous because you were in trouble. There was something that I was in trouble for. But uh, but you know, I, I, but Steve, I'm not sure though. I I, I was a little nervous coming in here because you know I'm, I'm not sure if I'm worthy of this chair because I mean usually sitting to you know to your right is I mean the the, the, the hammer. I mean I I, I, I mean a, 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 an icon. I mean how can I? Live up oh, to that. Oh, believe me, I understand. How you feel. I feel like Bones <laughs> McKay next to Phil Mickelson. Nine, nine iron, Mister Ham. <laughs> We're 150 out. I'd hit a nine. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me, Steve. That's great to be here. It really is. I, I appreciate it. And we've been, we go back a long way and uh, great memories and. And uh, just we were also in the hallway explaining things we couldn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, yeah, what, what, let's see, we, we might have censored this pretty heavy here. Yeah, we, a, lot, a lot of practice, uh, a lot of practices we've been to, together that uh, yeah. uh, discussing a lot of things on that sideline. Yes, so, <laughs> that we might not be able to discuss now. Okay, now, <laughs> I want to get James Franklin mentioned this the other day, <clears throat> and this is something you and I both know very well of. And that is the colored jerseys in practice, mm. the color-coded jerseys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm trying to remember now. Light blue is first-team offense. Right. Green is second-team offense. That's correct. Okay. Dark blue is first-team defense. Mm-hmm. Red was second-team defense. Correct. And then at the end, he was using white for scout team. But before right. that, there was also... A, uh, there was eight a, different it, colors. Eight different colors. Right. And, and the tradition was actually brought here by Rip. When he came, he did this at Brown, and when Rip came from Brown, you know they had Brown's jersey colors obviously incorporated into it, and and uh, I guess you know Rip wanted to do the same thing here at Penn State, so he obviously had wanted to incorporate the, the the Penn State colors, and so and I asked Joe this one time at a bowl game, we were at the hospitality room, and I said, you know, Coach, you know, how, how did the, uh, a lot of times I'd find some great information at a, at a hospitality room bowl games from Joe and a lot of historical yeah. facts, but yep. he would say, um, you know, I said. So the, the, give me the history of the color. You know, how, how do these different color jerseys? Because it was basically what it was, was, you know, first string, second string, third string, fourth string. Instead, right. of, instead of saying that or saying ones versus right. twos, it was always You color. had to get a jersey, and it was a big deal to a player deal. when you hung a different color jersey in the he, locker. And yeah. it was a step up, obviously. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it could be down, too, though. Well, I know. But I'm saying, but it was a big deal to a player when that, you got oh, a yeah, step Oh, big up. time, big time. And, uh, you know, so when... So I, I asked you, you know, so he wanted to incorporate. So blue being Penn State's colors, they went with, and they wanted that to be the first team. So they went with a light blue, dark blue. So light blue, which ended up being like a more of a, uh, you know, a, a, a Carolina blue. 
right. for offense. Defense was navy. Okay, so second, I said, "Well, coach, how did you come up with the? How did you come up with these other colors? Red and green. I mean, well, and red. Then there was, said, there was a, like a bronze brown, and there it, was it, a, third string defense yeah. was maroon. Maroon. Yep. Fourth string defense was orange. Orange. Okay. Yep. Third string offense was gold. Gold. Fourth string was 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 white. In offense, oh, okay. it was white. Sorry, it was okay. white. Yeah. So it was white. So there was the eight colors. So no, I said, well, Coach, how did you come really up with these? It's really weird. I, I forgot about white. All the other ones I remember. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. So I white. said, how did you come up with these colors? You know? He said, well, you know, so we did the blues because of Penn State blue, and we did light blue, dark blue. Second string, he said, well, he said, think about it. He said, red for defense was stop, yeah. green, offense, go. All right, okay, I got that. Okay, I, I figured that out. So how did you get third string maroon and, and gold? He said, well, okay, so if you mix navy and red, Okay, you come up with maroon. Oh, if you mix light blue, blue and, and green. green, you come up with gold or yellow. I said, that's unbelievable. So he didn't even explain why, how the fourth colors came. I have no idea where the orange came from for four-string defense, but uh, we used to call no. the guys the great pumpkins. You're right. That's what we used to call the, the guys. I mean, the white jerseys were easy. The orange yeah. were like, I don't know how they got to that one. I'm not sure either, but anyway, so, uh, but yeah, that was one of them things that, but it was neat. I mean, we've had, think about it, we've had 61 years of players, former players, and I, and actually in the Letterman's Lounge, I've, we've hung up the different colors because we knew, you know, we got 61 years of Letterman that would know what that is and what right. it stands for, you know, and then when Coach O'Brien came in, He's like, well, what is that? You know, <laughs> explain that to him. So, but he he subtly used some of the colors. He used a little bit for, you know, we still use the reds for, yeah. uh, to, 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 for some guys to stand out or a certain, you know, or, or the quarterbacks still were in red. Obviously, right. he used a light like I think Coach Franklin even still they still use like a light, uh, um, blue the, the the light blue for to point out a certain player, the specific player they're looking at, you know, like 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 for an opposing player, yeah. you know, like a, mm-hmm. to stand out on the scout team, whatever. So. Um, yeah, that's Very that's a, that's how that came about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, now you were part of the '86 thing. Correct. You were very young. I know. I know. At the time. Yeah. Um, what was it like being around them every day, and yeah. what was the tension like as each week went? When, and it really, you have to almost go back to the '85 mm-hmm. Orange Bowl, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were an unexpected and undefeated season that year in 85. Right. And, I, you know, coming off a, you know, a th- we, uh, in 84, we lost the last three games of the year. And we were actually invited in 84 to the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. And we also and, got an invite to the, ch- <laughs> we also got an invite to the Cherry Bowl. Oh, that, the same, okay, okay, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, okay. we got an invite to the Cherry Bowl to, George, I think George Joe Pearl was so was upset with the team. Back then, you know, we could dictate. Know. He's like, we're not going, you don't deserve to go. <laughs> so, we, we, he, you know, we. Well, oh, 84, I'm doing the post game show with him. He said, we played like a bunch of babies. Yeah, I'm like, that's, oh. yeah. Right. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I, so okay, <laughs> so we're coming off that season in '85, and we end up going 11 and 0, unexpectedly, and uh, played Oklahoma for the national title, and so I, you know, so again, um, so that team. So after that game, after that loss, and we weren't ready. We really weren't ready to play Oklahoma when they had Brian Bosworth and Keith Jackson and you know Tony Casillas, great yeah. players they had, and you know, so when we went to the the, the next day. Those fifth-year seniors on that team knocked on Joe's hotel room door and said, Coach, we just want you to know we're coming back next year for our fifth year because we're not going to let this happen again. So since on January 2nd on, that team was on a mission. Mm. And that's what it felt like when you 
that spring, and here's another f- thing, that spring is the first time ever Joe actually went to the seniors and he told them, you don't have to practice. All right. Work on your studies. He gave them spring practice off. Never have done that ever in, in my 31 years there, or 28 years with Joe. And because he trusted those guys so much that they were going to, that they would do, you know, they would still take care of themselves and be ready. So basically they took spring off. And in that season, and then from day one, from preseason camp, that team was on a mission. So each game, so that they, it was, the tension would build as, it, as we're still winning and we're getting closer. And, and if you look back in the history, we had some barn burner games that year. Yes, some nerve wracking, you know, mm-hmm. we could have really, you know, lost a couple too, but yeah. the team just, Joe always felt you could will a win. And I really feel like there were so many times he just, he, he knew we had the, the, the chemistry, even when we don't have the great talent. I mean, you compare that with the Miami team we played in the, in the championship, they were so much more talented than we were. But yeah, we but just, Joe we, would walk up and down the sideline saying, okay, who's going to make the play? Who's going to make the play? He'd say mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you were there. Yeah. You'd be walking yeah, him, that's, that's exactly what he'd right. say. Who's, you know, which one is going to make a play? And, and it just was, it was such a pleasure to be at. And then when we went, be part of that. And then when we went to the Fiesta Bowl and started practicing, like it, it's the only bowl. I, I, Fiesta Bowl is still my favorite bowl. I love the bowl, uh, the atmosphere, and what they do for hosting you uh, for that week. But I didn't enjoy that particular bowl because I didn't even remember any of the functions. I don't remember any of the dinners. Right. It was just we were so nervous and so concentrating on that game. You, if, I mean, here I am, the manager, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm nervous, and, and you know, because you just all you could think of was that game and, and the, the, the atmosphere. Because it was truly it was the first time a game had ever been moved to January second. But on the by but, itself. but he told the team on the thirty first, okay, we're not practicing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I do. No, so we're not practicing tomorrow. He says you're ready. We don't need to practice. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and just I just never never saw a bunch of guys were so focused uh, and so committed to each other. It was a, it was a really special team to be part of. And I still think isn't it one of the the best one of the um, most watched college football. You know, it is games the it's history? still the highest rated yeah, game ever. One of the highest rated games ever. Yeah. yeah, it was it was something to be part of, and then you know, the funny funny note on that story, uh, on that on that game at the end when 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 Gifto made the interception, uh, you know I'm on the sideline my my uh, in the eruption of ju- jubilation mm-hmm. my uh, my glasses flew off, okay in the celebration, <laughs> yeah. and I'm blind as a bat without my glasses, and I'm like oh no oh no, what do I do? And I'm just picturing them getting trampled, you know, and I'm done. I couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to see anything, and I'm like what do I do? What do I do? And so I get this little tap on my shoulder. And I turn around and so I get, and it was my glasses. And somebody found them or saw them fly off. So I put them on, and here it was um, David Hartman from Good Morning America. <laughs> and my glasses. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, thanks, thanks, Mr. Hartman. I really appreciate that. So uh, you know, then that that, all, that locker room atmosphere after the game was just uh, you know I'll just you know people people say well, what's your greatest moment at Penn State. I mean, I, I try to separate my student years because I was a student. I was still a senior manager. I was a student manager. That was a senior that year, head manager, right. and I kind of separate it. But overall, for the, the you know the thirty-one seasons, that was still one of the most special, if not the most special moment in my 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 history, my my life. When Tim Shope decided to retire and you were elevated, correct. What did that mean to you? That that I, they felt you could do it. Well, I, I you know. I, you know, I grew up only an hour west of here in Clearfield County, and uh, you know, we come to games as a kid. My brother lived in town; he was a chiropractor in town, and uh, you know, to and, and you know, you drove. I drove by Beaver Stadium. You know, I would drive by as a kid, you know, visiting my brother all my life, and just to know that, 
like I've been handed the keys to that stadium structure. It was just a, it was complete honor, uh, very humbling. Um, and, 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 you know, and, you know, scary at first, you know, thinking too, like, oh my word, can I do this? You know, and, you know, and, uh, uh, but just, a a, a really, uh, you know, but I, I felt, but I was excited. I, was, I felt ready. I felt, you know, I've been, you know, you know, Tim Shope was so gracious to let me really do, do a lot of hands-on stuff, even when I was a student and, uh, I felt ready to do it and I was excited for it. But, uh, you know, it is a lot of responsibility. You're the first there in the, you know, the morning and you're the last to leave at night to lock up and, you know, all the logistics of taking care of everybody and, and, uh, you know, and uh, not just players, but coaches and staff, but, but no, but truly, uh, uh, but it was you know, an honor to be, you know, and a dream of mine to be handed, the, you know, the responsibility. Thursday night met polishing the helmets and the <laughs> shoes. Yep. Yep. Okay. yep. Who polished Joe's shoes? Well, we had a neat uh, a tradition that started even before my time that um, um, you, you basically, we had a saying, you call, we called it, you, you do the shoes till you lose. Mm. So we would pass on the responsibility of painting Joe's shoes and cleaning Joe's shoes each week to uh, the manager, to a, a new student manager, and you did it till you lost, till the game was lost. And when the game was lost, it passed to a new guy. He would do it till he lost, okay? And then so forth. So, uh, and it was just one of those traditions, and, and, and just to back up a little bit on how, you know, the, the painting of the shoes, and people saying, oh, what, what do you mean, what do you mean, what is that? I asked Joe that one time, well, I asked Joe a different question, and he answered it this way, but he, 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 uh, uh, he, he said, basically, Joe, when Joe was a kid, he used to go to the Yankees games, yeah. okay, and his, his uncle would take him, I think it was his uncle, and, you know, in fact, that's where he his uncle would talk about, you know, you know, when you, he said, and Joe told me this story once. He said, I think he saw the Cardinals play correct. the Yankees in the world Series. That's right. It was. And then he said, his uncle told me, he said, now, Joey, you watch when the, 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 the when St. Louis comes out of the dugout, look at their uniform, look at their shoes in particular. And then you watch when the Yankees come out of the dugout. Okay. And the Cardinals come out, you know, they had, their shoes were, they were white shoes with reds, but they, and they had, you know, grass stain from the night before. And they were a little bit muddy, dirty, you know, and stuff like that. When the Yankees come out, black polished to perfection so and that's when he come up with the saying you know and told him take care of the little things the big things take care of themselves so and that's when he said to me coach paterno said that's why you do the shoes and he pointed to my you know pointed to my face Mm -hmm. that's why you do the shoes so we not only did joe's shoes we did all the players shoes every thursday night and we check cleats we you know check shoestrings replace shoestrings as needed you know clean shoes polish them paint them whatever so uh so Joe's shoes, we would do this, you know, we, we would pass on to manager to manager. And a neat story there, and just as another example, we had a manager by the name of Tim Reedy, who did the shoes in 1985, and he did them the whole way through and went 11 and 0. So we're playing for, you know, so we're going to Oklahoma, you know, play Oklahoma for the national title. So we're like, oh, we got to give Joe a new pair of shoes. You know, it's a national championship game. So we give Joe a new pair of shoes. Well, what did we do? We lost. Mm-hmm. So we told Reedy, he said, Reedy, you know, you technically didn't lose because you didn't touch those shoes. So we shelf those shoes, brought the shoes out from 85, wore them all the next year. He and Reedy painted them again, went 12 and 0. Reedy's 23 and 0. So we retired those shoes actually. After that seat, we had because and, and Joe had wore those for practice for another like five years. So he ripped the sole one day, he was demonstrating a back pedal uh, to a safety, <laughs> and he ripped them and fell on his rear end on practice. 
And then I went over to him and I saw, you know, and I could see the flap, the sole flapping around in practice. And like, oh, coach, I'll have to go down and run down and get you a new pair of shoes. He's like, I'm old buddies. Called his, they called him his old buddies. So, yeah. so we had to give him a new pair of shoes. So I, I had those shoes for years because I knew exactly what shoes I'd been eyeing them up. And I had them in my office for years and years. And then when I, uh, when I, you know, had decided to make a make a change and leave there for a short stint. Um, I ended up giving them to um, to his grandson Joey. Yeah, uh, you know Joey's son. So uh, Jay, hopefully, and he still has them. So that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> well, you gave me his bag. Was, yeah. it, was it the Capital One Bowl? That's Capital One Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> Capital with LSU. <laughs> I I went in. And he says, Spider looks at me. He says, Do you have a Capital One Bowl bag? I said, No. He says. Yes. He says, I he, starts Joey pulling, he starts pulling shoes out and all this other stuff. He says, take this bag. Yeah, Joey might use this. I said, well, whose bag is that? He goes, that's oh, Joe's bag. We'll just give him another bag. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he, already had, he already had Joe's stuff and, in there. And, and he Joe, pulled them all out. He says, take the bag. He, in fact, he says, he'd want you to have it. I'm like, when, really? <laughs> when it came to away games, Joe was, he was the simplest coach to take care of. Yeah. You know, I remember we, when we went and played in FedEx Field. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We played Indiana at FedEx Field. Yep. When you go to a pro stadium, you have a clubhouse manager that hosts you when you get there. And I'd never been to FedEx Field. So the clubhouse manager is showing me around everything. And he takes me and he shows me, here's the coach's room. Here's the head coach's room. I said, oh, okay. And he goes, um, he said, what's uh, 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 in the head coach's room? They had this uh, nice, they had this round table with a tablecloth on it and a flower arrangement on it. And I'm like, what's that for? He said, well, we just, Monday Night Football, uh, the Eagles just played uh, the Redskins on Monday Night Football here. And, uh, you know, this is now on a Friday. And he said uh, that was uh, the equipment manager for the Eagles put that there. That's what Andy Reid would have in his thing. And he had he would put Andy Reid's snacks and his um, toiletries on this table with the flowers. And I said, listen, get that thing out of here. <laughs> sees that. I am dead. If he has a flowers on a table in, in his in the coach's room. I said, I said, you come back here in an hour and a half and I'll show you. Our iconic coach's locker. Okay, so he half hour he comes back and basically all Joe has in his locker, his name tag is written with a magic marker, Paterno. Okay, right. okay, and underneath on a five by seven index card, basically right. that's blue. Um, he had his raincoat and, you know, and his windbreaker. We had it hanging in there because it was a chance of rain that day. Right. And then his his iconic you know black shoes painted up with his. We used to take his white socks and we'd roll them and put them in the actual shoe rolled up. That's it. As soon as the clubhouse manager, he saw that, he's taking pictures, he's like, that's unbelievable. That's awesome. Usually all these coaches come in here, they're just like, they, they think they're you know, big time, and they want, they want they lines with coats and all the options and all their snacks and food, and he said, I love it. I love it. Didn't the bus break down on the way over to that game? Didn't it? Oh, one of them did, yes. Yeah, one of them did. did. I think and then remember, two, we had a, and that was Urschel's first starting car. We had a shuttle guys in the, in the, in with the extra bus, yeah. That's right. Well, what, 93 Northwestern? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the planes going out there. Remember that one? Yeah. Where they were using multiple planes. Yeah. One of them had trouble and couldn't get in. And I think it was the I think I think the offense got there, but they couldn't get the defense there. Yeah. In '93, I remember that, and he was standing in the lobby about that one. Then there was okay. We got it. We have to tell the story about when he wins three twenty three. We were just talking about it in the hallway. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> well, we were in Northwestern. We were leave, after the game. Thank goodness we won. And uh, this yeah, is one where Seneca plays his best game at quarterback. Yeah, that's right. Yes, right? but gets hurt. And it was and a rainy game. It was rainy. Kinda. Zach Mills comes in and replaces him late because mm-hmm. he got hurt, and he throws a touchdown pass to um, uh, Eric McCoo. Okay, and they win the game. So. 
now he and Barrett Bryant are tied. So it's like, yeah, great. Yeah. Now, now we go to leave. So we go to leave. So we, we get to the airport. And we get a mid. We go to Midway. And we're loading the plane, and you know we're just you know we're getting there, and we're and we're all starving, you know we're waiting for our meals and everything, and uh, as soon as we get up in the air, well yeah the food's on the plane, food's on the plane, yeah and we're getting ready, you know so we're we're, we're the plane's kind of backing up and we're starting to the, the nose of the thing is sw- swinging around and you can look out the window, you can see the guy with his little flares, you know because it's dust, <laughs> you know almost dark, and he's directing us, directing us. All of a sudden, the plane goes and we're like and we're lopsided, we're like. Here, the guy with the sticks was basically the he, he directed us off the uh, the tarmac or the taxiway, and we sank in the mud because it was soft and raining. So, so then, so the, the the pilot's like trying to gun it, and we're we wouldn't we couldn't get out. We're stuck, and we kept sinking further and further. So he's like, "Well, uh, uh, we're gonna have to deplane here and see if we can get this with no weight." So we had a deplane. Well, actually, and, and, he told us we didn't have to originally, and I remember well, I, said, I, said, right. I said to you, I said, "He's nuts." <laughs> I said, I said, I said, there's two tons of beef in the back of this. And point. he's trying to gun it, you know, and to get out. So, so we deplane, and then, he, then they were going to tow it out, yeah. and they couldn't do it. They, it wouldn't get out. So we, we were stuck there, and there was no other planes available. So we actually had to take a, uh, and we had to scramble to find hotel rooms, and we had three different hotels we were in that were all close to each other at the airport, and uh, and then well, everybody's starving now, you know. So we're it's like eleven o'clock at night. And we're trying to, and they're like, you know, coach, the coach is like, we got to find these guys food. So there's this Burger King down the road. So we're like, hey, can you make, we need like 200 Whoppers, you know, and, and it, this is 11 o'clock at night. That's the last thing Burger King workers wanted to hear. So we, uh, so. I think the kids sure said enough, to him, there's a White Castle open. <laughs> so literally at midnight, we're passing hamburgers out in, in a hotel room. Oh, it was crazy. So, yeah. But one of those, uh, that, that's one thing I, you know, someday I got to write a book with on, on, just on, I, I, I might have to call it planes, trains, and automobiles. I know oh. the title's been used, but there's been so many stories of away trips and the things you get into. It's just incredible. That uh, Well, one time we were at Michigan State, as an example. Oh. Um, 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 I, I get this phone call. So we, a lot of times I would like to set up in the morning of the game. If, if the game was at 3.30 or at, at 8 o'clock at night, I would set up in the morning of the game. Now, a lot of the equipment managers thought I was nuts. But I said, you know, you still have to go over early to beat the traffic. And I hate going over the night before. It's just nice to relax when you get to the hotel with the team. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go over and concentrate and we can stay there early. You know, we can go nice and early, get set up, walk around the stadium a little bit, and, you know, just before all the hoopla, you know. So we would try to go mostly the day of the game, which is, you know, like I said, a little risque, but we did it anyway. Well, if it's a noon game, especially out there at Michigan State late, it, you're talking 11 a.m. their time. So we, we went out the night before. So after dinner and after we settled in, because when we get to the hotel at, with the team at 5 o'clock on a Friday, we have things to set up at the hotel, too. We have meeting rooms to set up, the training room, you know, and whatnot. So we, you know, and then after we eat, we leave. Well, so we had left, and we're, we're loading. So we loaded a few things up, video stuff, and uh, this is Friday night, so we're, we're on the interstate, and I get a phone call from on the bus, and, uh, and the tractor trailer's behind us. I get this phone call from, and it's Doc Sebastianelli, Wayne Sebastianelli. Hey, Spider oh, said, you know, there's a there's a, a projection screen laying out here in a in a bag laying out here in the middle of the parking lot. I'm like, what? So I'm like, are you serious? They said, yeah. So I'm like, oh, no. So one of my student managers was it was he was the last one to put stuff in. And I said, uh, I, I, I said, Matt, you closed the door in the back of the truck, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Like, oh, no, don't tell me you didn't close the door. Sure enough, he didn't. And the stuff was flying out the back of the truck on the interstate. 
And I'm like, oh, no. So I said, all right, uh, and as soon as we get there, we got to get the bags out and make sure I got everyone players' bags. If we don't, we got to go on a search and destroy mission because I just got to make sure the play. And then, luckily, yeah. we put all the uniforms on a rack on wheels. Okay, they're, 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 they have to keep them so they don't get wrinkled. Luckily, and a lot of times I don't fasten it to the truck. For some reason, God was with me on that. I, I basically bungeed this to the side of the truck. And if I wouldn't have, the uniforms would have been all over the road because it was the last thing put on the truck. And it was right at the edge of the, the inside the doors. So, and so, so we get there and we're just frantically putting bags out, you know, making sure every bag was accounted for. And it was one of the, one of the ball bags was one of the bags that was in the parking lot at the hotel. And, uh, but we got it, we retrieved it, you know, so we, we did backtrack and just try to look for anything big sitting on the road, but I, it looked like I had everything. So I was like, Oh man. So anyway, that's just kind of the, you know, just some of the stories you get to when you get on away trips. That, oh, you know, I remember you, just, you took the tour of the LSU truck. Mm. Down at the Capitol, one boy. Yeah. He came out of the I'm like, it's the time for Oh, yeah. Trailers. Oh, some of these guys have trunks. <laughs> some of these guys have trunks with microwaves and right. hot dog rollers. Yeah. Uh, incredible uh, what some of these uh, trunks have. Some of these guys bring along. Just scratch the surface with Spider Caldwell. We'll come back next hour with him. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. If you're not insured with the Purdy Insurance Agency, you may not be getting the most out of your insurance coverage. Locally owned and family operated for over 90 years, the experienced team at Purdy will compare your rates and coverage among a number of nationally recognized insurers to make sure you're getting the most out of your insurance dollars. And once you join the Purdy family of customers, you'll experience service and claims handling that's second to none. Call 1-800-677-2478 to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of the show. Great to have you with us on this Monday. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And the, uh, you know, you go there if you need auto, life, home, business. I mean, you know, they run the gambit on every insurance need. They'll find you the best price. They'll find you exactly the right coverage. And then there, if there's a claim... They are your complete partner. They will jump in as if it happened to them. 
Uh, and that now, how much more can you ask from your insurance agent? And when you have decades of experience and decades of customers, that tells you how good they are. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Very pleased to be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports bozos of the day, the Minnesota Vikings. Seattle Seahawks kicker Blair Wall said his gestures toward the Vikings sideline Friday night were the result of his ex-teammates taunting him. So I felt like it was nothing that was serious or meant to be hurtful, but I wanted to let them know that it just wasn't going to roll off my back. I didn't say anything, though. Just looked at them. Walsh made a pair of 52-yard field goals in the second half, and after each one he gestured toward the Vikings sideline. Following the second kick, corner Richard Sherman raced onto the field to express his approval. Asked what the Vikings were saying to him, Walsh said, nothing I can repeat here, that's for sure. Walsh played five seasons for Minnesota before the team released him in November. He signed with the Seahawks as a free agent this offseason. I was simply responding to getting taunted, Walsh said. I didn't say anything. When you've got guys who are your teammates for five years yelling at you when you're trying to kick, it's just odd. And I hope that they were just in jest. And I hope that they didn't mean it because I didn't mean anything with mine. But it was just definitely not out of nowhere. At its uh, Seahawks coach, Pete Carroll, I'm fired up for Blair. They were giving him a hard time. They were razzing him a little bit and all that. He was just having a little fun with it. He's a really good competitor. I like his mentality, and I think we're very fortunate to have him. Uh, Pete Carroll talking about his kicker, Blair Walsh. So that happened on Friday night in the Seahawks-Vikings game. All right, uh, we uh, continue on with Spider Caldwell. It's always uh, great to have him on board. He's going to revisit with us, by the way. Uh, Spider, we're going to bring Spider back the week of the Indiana game because of all the input with the uniforms um, that uh, Penn State will be wearing that day with Indiana. So, uh, yeah, it's always great to have Spider on board with us, and this is uh, one of the more popular guests. Without question, I'm not surprised. That uh, we've had over the past a few months. The 94 team. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts as you watched that play out, and what was the character of that group? Well, I, you know, I always tell people that it still had to be one of the greatest offenses in college football. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it was, it, when you're on the sideline, it was like, not, not, are we going to score? Can we score? It was when, how fast. Mm. And, and 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 how and and what way you know yeah. it was uh in fact uh Kirk Deal who was a he was a student manager at the time but he worked with the running backs he knew all the plays as a manager and he he was he would always come over uh during the you know like the game he go watch this one watch <laughs> this one and it was just like and, and he's like tight end running back you know it was just and you'd watch it and it was just like Touchdown! Touchdown! It, it, it just—it was just a really amazing to watch. And and I have in my office, I have different, I have some wristbands, uh, quarterback wristbands from certain games that I have over the years. And you know, I have uh, I have one of McGloin's from Coach O'Brien's offense. Yep. Uh, I've got Michael Robinson's uh, from his the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. uh, game in 2005. Um, I've got a Zach Mills one. I've got a, uh, you know, I've got. Um, uh, Tony Saka, actually one from Tony Saka in 89, but 
my, my one I always love to show people is, is, is carries. I have carries from the Rose Bowl, okay? And literally, like Matt McGloin's wristband, play wristband has 159 plays on it. Right. Okay? <laughs> Not carries. Uh, <laughs> coach, uh, um, Mike Robinson's has 140 plays on his wristband. Right. Carrie's wristband has 10 plays on it. 10. And it's like type typewriter written, basically, or word processor. Right. And, and it's just, and I showed Wally Richardson, who's the director of our uh, Letterman's Club, whose office is beside mine in the stadium. He looked at it, he goes, yep, oh yeah, that's our mostly our goal line plays. He said, we just, you know, we had plays that were coming in and out with the tight end or the wide out, or we would we, we were allowed to call some of our plays, and, and we just, those were mostly, mainly goal line plays. And, uh, but it just it just goes to show you like you know even you, you know it didn't have to be complicated because after the game we had players and we were, when we're you know we're shaking hands with opponents they'd say you know you sons of guns we knew exactly what you were going to run we couldn't stop you and, and it's just that's, I mean it was eleven guys doing exactly what they were supposed to do on every single play to perfection and it was just a, it was really a, 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 a it was just a joy to watch those guys um, and uh, you know and, and you know from the first Minnesota game. You know, that game that year. Yep. And uh, we just made a statement. And, uh, you know, they could John it with 80 yards for a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a couple of highlights from that year that I'll, I'll never forget um, was, well, obviously the Illinois game. And, and when, when uh, you know, people, you know, people kind of, you know, I guess they blame the Indiana game too for, um, you know, not, you know, playing as well or whatever. And then we ended up, you know, not getting the, Kudos at the end of the season for a national championship team, but which is baloney. But anyway, um, I remember at Illinois. Um, you know, one of my great memories from the equipment room, equipment manager standpoint, was you know when they punted the ball with about four minutes left in the game, mm. and we were losing, and and um, you know we we take you know, and Illinois is an astroturf was astroturf at the time, <clears throat> and before they had the field turfs, and when they kicked the ball to us and we got the ball on about you know we, we received the ball and it was a it was a 96 yard drive it was a four yard line okay well it started raining yes okay it hadn't rained all game now on the sideline we had these racks of shoes okay because you and a, a turf game was actually more of a pain in the neck than a grass game grass game you had your screwing cleats and you have your molded cleats like soccer shoes and a turf game we would take we had flat bottom shoes like sneakers we had a waffle bottom shoe which was like little square nubbies and we had what we called, it was called a destroyer shoe, and it was, had these little points that were about a quarter inch long that, that would dig into the, the AstroTurf. So it, you never knew the conditions of the turf, what kind of turf you had when you're going in AstroTurf, you know, what kind, how bad it was. So anyway, so when it, it started raining, we got the ball on a four-yard line, 96 yards to go. We wanted to change to the rain shoes, which was our destroyers. So we literally... Uh, so the coaches are screaming on the sideline, you know, let's get the shoes on. Well, we already started the drive, okay? So guys were coming off in twos, and we were like taking shoestrings and cutting their shoestrings and slipping their other shoes on, tying them up, and out they go. So it, it, two at a time, guys were getting replaced in and out. If you watch that drive, you'll see it, yeah. okay? Like, I think the last guy that got his shoes on was was Kyle Brady, and he got him on about the 50-yard line. But I, and it was an intense sideline, very intention-filled. But, you know, and then we end up driving right down the field and, uh, you, know, you know, a minute left or so, we, Brian Millen plunged it in there. So, you know, I, uh, so it was a great moment. It was, you know, even we were just involved, you know, and, and, and I hoped it, you know, helping to, you know, keep the guys upright with, uh, you know, we weren't slipping around. So, and what, you know, what a, you know, just a classic, classic drive. Um, so uh, another thing that year, too, was, you know, when, when 
I, I comes to mind when we went to uh, we you know, we at the Rose Bowl. You know, now we're you know, twelve and zero, and yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, you know, we're, we we have you know at night before the game, the Friday night before the game or whatever night it was, the night before the game we have what we call snack. And it's usually around nine o'clock at night before they go to bed. Snack is a and meal. It is. And, 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 yeah, and, and we aren't talking snack like you know. You and I have a you know. A, we're not a, talking a, about everybody has an orange a, or a. We're not. Everybody little, has a Twinkie or a, yeah, or a small bowl of ice cream. You know, like an no. little snack. We're talking you know hoagies and chips and and I mean this is a smorgasbord. Right. This is a Sunday night, I think, because and, uh, is that when it was? Yeah, yeah because uh, we had to play January second, so that's, that's right. That's always a Monday, so it was Sunday night. And and and. Huh. Well, people don't realize we came to that, and what I was getting at is we we came to that. We were watching the Nebraska Miami oh, game, yeah. which was one versus three, right? And Nebraska won, won and Brent Musburger thinks declaring them national champions uh, already before our game even was you know the next day. Mm-hmm. So our guys, we, we were, it was doom and gloom. It was just complete doom and gloom at, at the uh, snack. You know, and Joe's trying to get their spirit. You know, hey, listen, guys. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. We got to go out there and just be ourselves, show the country that we you know, we are a number one team, and and you know, just go make a statement right away. Which you know we obviously did with Kajana Carter bursting out <laughs> the first game play of the game. But um, so that was tough. You know, it was tough to know that you know the guys. You know, because we we were forced into that. You know, one versus it, we had to play number. You know, the highest ranked Big Pack twelve or Pack ten team at the time was Oregon. Oregon. They were yeah. they were twelfth in the country. So. Um, but yeah, we just did what we could do and snack, you know, but snack, but yeah, right. snacks. And you know, a lot of times people don't realize like, you know, a lot of the, you hear about you know, locker room speeches and stuff like that. Some of the most classic speeches are, are really the night before the yeah. snack speeches are really special. You know, we've, we've had some classic ones there and, uh, because the day of the game, you're so, everything's just so boom, 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 boom. You're so on mm-hmm. such a time restraints and everything just is so, you know, you know, the, the you know, time and everything that you just don't have very much time to, to give the, a great lecture, you know. So you'll just do the last couple of last minute hurrahs and that and that. But, right. but those snack speeches are the big time speeches. Well, I'll tell you about one that's, it was, it was Notre Dame, USC. And okay. you and I, you and I both know that the two locker rooms are at the Coliseum are right next to each other. Yeah. Right. They're right next to each other. So Faust was the coach at Notre Dame, and he's going on and on and on about Notre Dame tradition, Heisman Trophy winners, national championships, Rockney, Lay, Parsegan, da da da, yeah, tradition, 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 four horsemen, four horsemen, the whole thing, right? Hey, he's done. Notre Dame goes charging, and USC sitting in there listening to it. John Robinson gets up. He says, "Well, here's one tradition he didn't tell you about." They never beat us here. Let's go kill them. <laughs> that was his whole speech. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's great. <laughs> Here's another tradition he didn't mention. <laughs> they never beat us here. Let's uh, go kill them. <laughs> well, let's went fast. We done. I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> I, 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 You're the first guest that's ever <laughs> said that. <laughs> <laughs> most of them. I'm just, I'm just getting started. <laughs> most of them are like, <laughs> I gotta, I'm getting closer to leaving now. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to have him back anytime, my friend. Anytime. Being with you, my good. Friend. It's always an honor, my good friend. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It's like a brother to me. He's uh, very special. So, and now with a great job uh, up there working with Bobby White and those guys and. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, I work in the I work in the um, in Beaver Stadium and in charge of uh, special events and uh, you know some 
um, you know, maintenance and upkeep of the south end zone in the suite area and the club area, working with Bobby White and and, and uh, really enjoying it. I, I miss the day-to-day contact with the players, and I miss uh, working in the equipment room and really love the, the passion for that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a nice change after 31 years of doing dirty laundry and, <laughs> and, and hours from hell. It was a, it's been a yeah. nice change, and, uh, and I'm still connected and can go over any time. And I, I appreciate Coach Franklin still involving me with stuff like taking the names off the jerseys, stuff like, you know, the, this throwback uniform and stuff. And I really appreciate him still you know, even leaning out to me and, and uh, having me having a little bit of a, a say. And it's been it's been, a, it's been a real honor in that regard. Might have called well. We'll revisit with him the week of the Indiana games. That's what. We're six weeks away. That's the game September 30th. So that week we'll have Spider back on the show. Talk about the uniforms. Everything. Uh, sometimes the research was easy for him. Because some of the old stuff is still sitting in there. As you heard in the first half hour. All the different colored jerseys that were there for the Joe Paterno era, which really in some ways were taken from the Rip Engel era, uh, were still there in the locker room. And that's where you know, some of the ideas for all of this came up. And we'll revisit with him that week. Looking forward to it. Penn State uh, football starts a week from Saturday with Akron at Beaver Stadium. Uh, don't forget as well, high school football starts this Friday night. Everybody's in action Friday night. Lewisburg, Milton, Salins Grove, Shikolimi. Uh I think we found the guy to do the Shikolimi games because the, the regular guy put in for a vacation day. I think we don't. We we found one, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. And then a week from today, we'll be uh, in Northumberland at the. Uh, Front Street Station. Looking forward to that very much, by the way. Seeing everybody, getting the gang all back together, seeing as many of you fans as possible. Uh, we'll be out there beginning at 5 o'clock or just after 5 o'clock. Uh, we're going to do the show here in the studio uh, and then uh, make our way to uh, Front Street. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I always enjoy that night very, very much. It's just a lot of I mentioned a lot of fun, no question. Williamsport game was a big success last night. Uh, Cardinals and Pirates, what great linkage between Major League Baseball and uh, Little League. And Little League World Series continues all this week in South Williamsport. So it's another great week coming up there. Uh, I know back here, of course, the Spikes are back home for a six-game homestand starting tomorrow. Uh, we're going to get Jack Ham on by the end of the week, too. Uh, I know we've had a couple of people ask, when's Jack going to be on? Well, considering uh, uh, golf match, death match 2017 was yesterday, and earlier today uh, he and I did a speaking engagement at the Duquesne Club. Uh, we're working out uh, between the two of us which day he'll be able to do it. So it'll be mm, pretty close. Uh, that uh, we'll take care of that and get him on. Today's show has been brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.